Hey, welcome to Attentional Living. You've got a friend here, Dr. Randy Carlson, along with Michelle and Stephen. Andrew just popped in. Hey, Andrew. And uh, we're here at the Intentional Living Center. Uh, we love you guys. We want the best for you. And we're exploring together what does it mean to figure out what pleases Christ and do it. Our mission, if you want to know what Intentional Living Mission is all about, it's uh, experiencing life, helping you and those of us who are followers of Christ to whatever stage you may be in your, your faith walk and your journey, uh, to experience life as God intended. Is that happening now? Are you experiencing life as God intended in your marriage, your finances, your faith, parenting? Uh, we explore that and help you. And so the phone line is open. If you need some encouragement, you want to talk, you want to ask some questions, maybe you're trying to make a decision, glad to help you think it through together. Uh, your friend here, Dr. Randy from Intentional Living. Phone line is open live here today at 888-888-1717. The lifeline number, I suppose. Give us a call, Stephen. We'll get you on here and we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit. 888-888-1717. What's your question today from Intentional Living? Love to talk to you. Let's go ahead. Hi there. My husband and I are in our 40s, and we opened up our home to our mother and her husband, who have recently retired. My stepsister, who is in another state, she's dealing with some cancer, and uh, my stepfather gave her a large sum of money to help uh, the family get, you know, back on their feet after such scary health news. Um, he also provided uh, the promise of an inheritance to her. However, he decided that it would be equal shares between me and her. And since she's found out that information, she's feeling neglected and um, bitter. And I see the toll that it takes on my stepfather. And so I would love to hear um, any encouragement I could pass along to him uh, during this situation that would mm. really be helpful. All right. Well, let me let me speak directly to you. I've been around long enough to know, my dear, that uh, families can split over a $10 knickknack when it comes to the distribution after a will. Because many times what happens is the parent or the grandparent is the glue that kind of holds those relationships together. And when they're gone, or in this case, he's just announcing when I'm gone, this is going to happen it brings a bubbling and percolating to the surface all the undercurrents in the relationship. And so if there's money involved, not surprising. Come on, many of you could relate to that. Family split over a lot of things that are much smaller than a large sum of money. Now, it's interesting. You said your, your, uh, uh, your stepsister, there, it sounds like she's been going through cancer and your father offered a very large sum of money to help her. And I didn't hear you showing any angst about that in terms of, well, that wasn't fair. And so that that's a tribute to you, I think, in terms of there's a need, let's fill it. We're a family, let's take care of it. So let me just say two things. First of all, um, for some people, it's never going to be enough. If they don't feel loved, if they don't feel accepted, if for whatever thing's going on in, in her life, here's what happens. Here it is. Right out of the intentional living rule book, an expectation minus reality will always equal disappointment in a relationship, and that's going to create tension uh, between her and her daddy, and maybe you too, 
Because the expectation is what? I don't know. What'd she expect? Everything? Did she, what did she expect? Um, but clearly, whatever the expectation was, it wasn't being met. And uh, you know what? That has nothing to do with you. There's nothing you can do about it. It's not your money, not your estate, not your will, not your decision. It's daddy's. And so let's implement the other from our rule book here, the three-foot rule, which says I can only be responsible for about three feet for myself. What I say, what I do, my attitude, what I put in my mouth, what comes out of my mouth, right? How I spend my time, what I look at, what I don't look at. Uh, those are the things I'm responsible for. But I hear your heart uh, for, your, for your dad, stepdad. And I think what's important for you uh, is just to let him know you love him and appreciate his thoughtfulness and you're praying for him. Uh, but he needs to, if I were talking to him, now I know what I'd say. I'd say to him, you need to have a talk with your daughter and sit down and say, honey, here's why I'm doing this. And I'm sorry you don't agree, but this is why I'm doing it. And I'm disappointed, frankly, that that's not enough. I'm disappointed that's not enough. And I'd leave it there because that would be a reason for some daddies to say, fine, I'll take your half and uh, give it to my favorite charity. All right, but I think there's something going on there, obviously, in, in the family that'd be an opportunity to explore. A reminder, if you don't have your estate taken care of, do it because the knickknacks can destroy the family later on if things aren't clear and make it clear to the family what's happening. Save yourself a lot of grief. All right, give me a call. Lines open. You have a question? Maybe a decision you're trying to make? You can call 888-888-1717, and I'd uh, love to talk to you today. you got a friend here at Intentional Living. Uh, one of the things we focus on, one of the things we're, that I'm really passionate about is uh, this idea of one thing. Every day, what one thing are you doing, one thing in your attitude, your life, that's helping you progress toward the things that are more important in your life. In fact, I wear a little wristband. Thousands of you have received these. Some of you are wearing them today. I see them around the country from time to time that we passed out, reminding people every day to be working on one thing to make your life uh, more aligned with God's intention for you. Here's a couple more stories coming in uh, from Arizona and uh, from elsewhere. I'm not sure. Let's take a listen. Hi, uh, my name is Jem. I've been married for 11 years, and I wanted to share a healthy habit that my spouse and I have shared for the many years that we've been married and one of them is forgiving each other not staying mad at each other and forgiveness starts with the individual but it also helps the marriage and strengthens it that is one of the habits that my spouse and I have worked and making sure that we give each other grace and also forgiveness Hi, my name is Mary Ellen, and I am a supporter of Intentional Living. And today I'm listening to Randy talk about habits that help strengthen marriages. And I would like to just say that one of the habits my husband and I try to do five to six days a week in the morning when we get up, we have a devotion together. And we read scripture, and we read a reflection, and then we pray together. And that's very meaningful to both of us to start the day off. 
Uh, other little habits are just showing appreciation for little things, like thank you for emptying the dishwasher or vacuuming or helping me with laundry. And we just say those things to one another of being appreciative and kind. And we're good at working on improving, too, when we need to improve in certain areas. So I'm very grateful to God. This is my second marriage. I was married for 27 years, and my first husband passed away. And then I married a gentleman who, uh, at 65, I remarried. And my second husband, he was widowed. And we're just grateful to have one another. We've been married five years now. So I'm very blessed and very grateful to God. And we we show gratitude toward one another and toward God. Um, That's very much a part of our daily routine. Gratitude. You know, one thing, gratitude, if you're going to have one thing that you want to add to the the list uh, of things that can build your marriage, I'd put that one on the list. Gratitude. Powerful. Thanks, guys. Listen, you got a one thing story, you could call and tell us about it, share it on our comment line. You got a question for me, leave it there. Uh, we air some of those, take you live as well. We'll get to our live calls in a moment. 888-888-1717. You got a question? Give me a call. Intentional Living. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Kurt. My friend, Dr. Gary Chapman, the author of so many books on the five love languages. I talked to him the other day. We're making that book available. Here's what we talked about. The key question on this is how do we determine, how do we know what that primary love language is, and do we have enough insight in our own lives to know what ours is? Yeah. Well, there's three informal ways. One is observe the other person's behavior. That is, how do they relate to you? How do they relate to other people? You can actually discover a child's love language by the time they're four years old by observing their behavior. My son's language, for example, is physical touch. When he was that age, I came home from work, he would run to the door, grab my legs and climb. He's touching me because he wants to be touched. Our daughter never did. She would say, Daddy, come to my room, I want to show you something. She wanted quality time, like undivided attention. So uh, observing behavior, observe your own behavior. What do you, how do you most often express love to If you're always giving gifts, that's a clue that that may be what you want to receive. Uh, If you hear your spouse or anyone else giving a lot of affirming words, that's a clue that that may be what they want because we tend to speak our own language. Not always, but we tend to do. A second is is to ask yourself or to ask or to listen to them, what do they complain about? Because the complaint reveals the love language. If, if If you complain to your spouse, I just feel like we don't spend any time together. I feel like your ship's passing in the night. You're communicating that your language is quality time. So what do you complain about? What do they complain about? And then what do they request most often? The request reveals the love language. If you're asking to take a walk after dinner, you're someone, you're asking for quality time. If you're saying, can we go to lunch together? You're asking for quality time. 
You put those three things together, you can pretty well figure out the person's life. Now, you can go online and take a free quiz. Uh, there's a quiz for married couples, there's a quiz for single adults, there's a quiz for teenagers, uh, and it's free. My, my publisher runs that website, they told me that 133 million people have taken that free quiz. So wow. if you haven't taken it, uh, I would encourage you to take it and see how it matches with what you've, you've determined maybe in the informal way that I described. And what is that address? It's fivelovelanguages.com. Just the number five. Fivelovelanguages.com. All right, 133 million people taking the quiz, and one of those was our own Jennifer. You wanted to find out about your love language, yeah. Jennifer? I was so curious um, uh, about that because I've never done it, uh-huh. and I found that I am an acts of service person, and yeah. lowest on my list was um, uh, time. Um, so it was funny because I, I had my husband take the test, yeah. and his was time you know you know spending time together so he likes to be together let's go do things and you're saying let's get stuff done i'm saying um, please do stuff for me but (laughs) i don't have to be with you all day (laughs) so so maybe you could do stuff together (laughs) yes that meets his time need and you're getting stuff done need i just thought it was so funny because we were almost polar opposites with with our um with our tests and so i kind of giggled at that and it kind of gave me a little bit of insight and i was like wow that makes so much sense so um and, and we do a lot of stuff together. And I find um, that when we do chores together, we don't necessarily have to be with each other, but I do appreciate doing, you know, having that done. And I never thought about it before. Interesting. It, it really put a lot of, uh, gave me a lot of insight. Well, we didn't take the quiz, but I've been married so many years, I know what these, <laughs> I know what love language, my wife's love language is uh, get her done. I mean, it's, it's uh, acts of service. Uh, like you said, and so I know when uh, when I do things, when I get them done, I don't procrastinate because I like to be philosophical <laughs> about stuff, you know. Uh, and I joke at the conferences about Donna's, you know, get the garbage out to the street. The garbage got to get to the street. And, and I'm kind of a philosophical head person thinking, why do we have trash in the first place? You know? <laughs> She's saying, just don't talk about it. Just take it out to the street. She says it kindly. Where, where me, it's quality time. I like uh, spending time with Donna. And in fact, some days I'll leave and i say, hey, did you want me to come home and go to lunch? And some days she's just, I, no, that's fine. You just do your own thing. <laughs> Enough's enough, if you know what I mean, okay? Uh, but uh, seriously, uh, you, you learn this. It's a powerful thing. That's why I said to the team, you know, here in this love month of February, let, let's uh, make this book that's a classic available, The Five Love Languages, I did an extended interview with Gary, and I said, okay, how do we apply these things to things like when you disagree about money, disagree about parenting, disagree in general? How do you handle love language in a practical, everyday world? Okay, we get it. I understand the theory. How does it work when you're in the trenches in your, in your marriage? And so uh, that's, that's going up, that interview with Gary. By the way, he was in his home in North Carolina, and uh, we recorded that video and otherwise. It's going up on our exclusive site the exclusive platform we've put together for all of our members. Those of you who are monthly members, you now have access not only to the newest teaching every month, but all of the archives from the last uh, couple of years available to you. You should have received an email notification or a letter 
uh, giving you the information on how to get signed up for that. It's obviously coming to you uh, automatically, but you have to sign up so you have a password and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I uh, hope you'll get that signed up so you can start receiving those. And for those of you joining us to be a part of the Intentional Living community, uh, you can sign up right away and, and start receiving all of this. Uh, and the new book, or the book that we want to make available, The Five Love Languages, as you join us in monthly support. Just go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. Click on Donate. Join us today, won't you? All right, phone lines open, 888 taking your questions. Amber in uh, beautiful Florida. How are you, Amber? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Appreciate your call. What, uh, what's your question today? So I've been struggling with a career, I say decision. Um, I've been in the same career for the past 13 years. What do you do? Or so um, I work uh, in higher education and um, I do all kinds of things, uh, kind of a jack of all trades. And um, it's an area I didn't um, picture being in when I was younger, when I was growing up, but um, the opportunity came up. I had my college degree and I've really grown in it over the years and um and I feel like I'm pretty good at it and um but at the same time I have this uh I've always had a love of art my mom was an art teacher growing up and I was always dabbling into it but I feel like there's a lot of negative context with it and um what what, what do you mean a negative context well, people just say, like, oh, what are you going to do with art? How are you going to pay bills? Being an artist, the whole starving artist context and um, concept, I should say. Yeah. And um, and so I had originally thought I wanted to be an art teacher when I grew up. And because of that, I, it's like, okay, that's a steady income with benefits. I'll pay the bills. And, of course, you know, as many college students do over the years, they change majors and you know, change their minds and, I ended up going down a more technical aspect and, um, and I, I got a really good job and I have a wonderful boss and I love my coworkers and, um, but you're not, do, you're, not, you're not doing what you want to do. Yeah. And I feel like God has called me in the past to do more artsy kind of stuff. And, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. What's the tears about? I just can't hold but feel like, I'm not doing what he called me to do. If you woke and up, I don't know. If you woke up tomorrow and I could, <laughs> I could wave a magic wand over Amber, which I can't. But if I could, what would you be doing tomorrow with your life? I'd love to be doing some kind of art that would encourage others to um, to seek Jesus and. and uh, be a follower of Christ, and um, and I try and I try to do art on the side, and um, I'm just so tired by the end of a you know a long full time work day. You have to have a lot of you know, mental energy to do art, and um, mm-hmm. I just can't seem to make the time. And I I want to do both. I I, I'm, I I struggle. It's like okay, I'm in this really great job, and I work with really great people. Um, is this, you know, an opportunity that God put in my path to meet these people? Because I'm encouraging others in other ways. And You're tired, too, though, aren't you? Yeah. Let, yeah. Me, let me ask, yeah. if you were to make a change, 
are your resources such you could do this? Are you married? Is you, do, do you have a husband who's supportive of this, or are you on your own? Absolutely. Or what? No, I have a husband, and and we've been married for uh, fourteen years. Well, what is he telling you? Children. Um, he wants he wants me to do art. He's always been extremely supportive. If if anything, he's pushed me to do as much art as I have done. So, what are you afraid of? In the past. Um. I guess the, I guess the insecurity of not having that steady income, and um, he works full time now, so it's it's uh, he he actually stayed home. He was a full time student. He stayed home when our girls were little, um, but now he works full time, so it'd be a little bit easier for us to me do to do something different. Um, I'm just conflicted because mm-hmm. it's just like I'm doing I'm doing a whole lot in the job I'm doing now, and I've been in it so long. I um I'm pretty well versed in it, and uh, see what I'm I, helping he, people. Here's the picture. Here's the picture I see of uh, Amber. I see Amber standing on the side of this, you know, this uh, abyss, and on the F, and doesn't know doesn't know what's out there, and yet that's where you want to be. Whatever that little foggy stuff is in front of you, you want to. That's where you want to be because that, that's where you feel God's calling you. If you just said, hey, um, I don't like my work and my people I'm working with, and then I would say, well, maybe it's the, the spot, the job you have is a problem and you need to work somewhere else doing the same thing. But you didn't say that. You said, I love the people. I love what I do. I, I enjoy the people. I'm good at it. Um, but I just don't feel like I'm doing what I was called to do. That's a totally different response for anybody doing career type counseling, that you want to get at that because if that's what you had said originally, I would have said, "Well, and then you maybe need to move down the street and get another business you work with and do the same thing." But I, if I'm hearing you right, Amber, you're, the people you work with and what you do, you're good at it. Uh, it's a nice place; they're taking care of you. You're comfortable. Yeah, yeah. We got to break that's inertia, great. don't we, at some point in life? But do I just try to do both of them at the same time? Um, do I just need to work harder at it? <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? <laughs> See, here, here, yeah. one of the, here's what we do with intentional living. I, the first thing we have to do is, is to state the intention, which I heard you say to me, I really feel God's called me to use my art more than I am now. That's where my real heart is. Right? Right. So then the next question, intentional living says, state your intention, and then daily, every day, start doing those things that will help you make that intention a reality. That's where I would put the focus. What things would you do? Um, I don't know, cut back your hours part-time so you could focus more. Uh, Go out and find out what other people are doing with art. Um, Mm -hmm. Shadow them a little bit. Find out the kind of thing you'd like to do. Do some drilling. Like mm-hmm. with, you know, even people that drill wells will drill little sample wells until they find the the mother load of whatever they're digging for. Uh, maybe start digging some holes in terms of finding some things, experiencing some things until something clicks for you. But here's what I think is happening, Amber. You're kind of feeling stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. And if I hear you, your husband's saying, go for it. Let's go. I'm with you. We'll pay the bills. God will take care of us. Let's go. Is that yeah, what I hear? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, I guess my fear, too, is that 
and the job I'm in and the place I work at, you know, everyone's wonderful and it's, and it's progressing. It's, um, more and more growth opportunities are showing up for me and it's, um, here's the question. How, How old are you, Amber? I'm 38. I just turned 38. 38, 30, 48, 58, 68. Let's do 30 years out. 30 years from now, you're still doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You look back to when you were 38. What do you think you would tell yourself? Mm. To definitely do what God's calling me to do, especially if it helps bring others along with me. What a spirit. I, I love it, Amber. Listen, God's placed you right in the right spot. Got a great husband, great job. You know what you need? You need to sit down with your, your husband, maybe sit down with a career counselor or, or counselors and or some friends and kind of explore some ideas and uh, break out that shell. I think you feel like you're kind of in a shell right now. Comfort. Break it out. See what you can do. All right? All right. I hope that helps. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Intentional love. It's the key to opening up intimacy and closeness in your life and marriage. What's the process to build an intentional marriage? The reality is there should be a great big sign across our foreheads on the day we get married that says, Assembly Required. Join Dr. Randy Carlson for laughter and inspiration at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. It's good to get some updated advice and information to help us with our marriage. Stepping out of our comfort level and see what really works, what doesn't. To grow closer in our relationship and just come away with some ideas and some techniques that we can use. You'll have a great time rediscovering just how much you love each other. Don't miss the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, Saturday, March 2nd at 7 p.m. at the Auburn Hills Christian Center. Get your tickets today. Go to theintentionallife.com right now. That's theintentionallife.com. All right, I hope you do that. You noticed maybe that we didn't mention East Lansing. I'll tell you why. We only have four seats left. I checked this morning, and um, Brian, who's our in charge of all this, puts the whole thing on. He said, hey, Dr. Randy, we got four seats left, and we, we just can't get any more. So four, four left as, as of about 30 minutes ago. Uh, so if you've been waiting, East Lansing, uh, first come, first serve now. Could we, I wish we could have more space. Uh, we're looking forward to being in East Lansing, New Hope Church. Pastor Mark Crane and the team there, great people. We're going to have a fantastic evening, March 1st. But you know what? You can still get uh, tickets available for the Auburn Hills uh, event on Saturday night. So you can come on from anywhere across the state, be a part of it uh, there just off I-75 in Auburn Hills on March the 2nd, uh, coming up, the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Tickets available today at theintentionallife.com, theintentionallife.com. Hey, pray for those I talked to today. Uh, And I hope today as you think about your life, intentional living is about stating your intention. What is it that pleases Christ? What is it you know that God is prompting you in your own heart, not only for career, but in your marriage, your family, your finance, your work, your faith every day, and then what habits are being developed, one thing every day, to move you in that direction. That's what we're here to help you think through and pray through. That's why we're a part of Intentional Living Ministry. I'll tell you what, 
We're going off the air live, but I'm going to just sit right here and talk to you. So the phone line remains open, reopened right now. Give me a call, 888-888-1717. And then we'll see you again tomorrow with more Intentional Living.